Hey gang, Maddie here. It's likely that many of you found this podcast by way of MaddieLoves.com. It's my website where I report about the goings-on in comic book, professional wrestling, and pop culture. Before you do anything, be sure to subscribe to Maddie Loves Podcast and leave the show a rating on iTunes and SoundCloud. All the kind words from you people will likely end up on the air. That's all I got for now. Let's get MLP in. All right, I'm going to come up with a better way to segue into the start of the show. Um, let's get to podcasting. Nah, whatever. Welcome everyone to another episode of Maddie Loves Podcast. I'm your host, Matt DeSimone, a procurer of pop culture, but in this case, a procurer of professional football, because week one is about to hit us up, and it's going to hit us up big time. Now last year, I did a few podcasts during the NFL season, um, but they were more structured as a week-to-week thing, whereas this year... I kind of want to just do one to sort of uh, give an outlook on the entire NFL as a whole, maybe a few predictions, and then later on in the year, as things begin to ramp up and everyone starts making their playoff push, those that are fortunate enough to do so, uh, I might jump back on here and throw another podcast related to uh, mid to late season NFL football. But I can't do this all by myself because you people will get bored to death. That's why I have brought back for uh, the first time in almost a year, Grant Sawyer. Grant, how are you doing, bud? I'm doing awesome, Maddie. Great to be back on here as we talk about the sport that we mutually love so much. And you have been busy, as usual, uh, with CWF Mid-Atlantic Pro Wrestling as one of their senior producers. How have things been going in Gibsonville? Oh, it's awesome. Uh, I mean, just the, the week-to-week storytelling we do on CWF Worldwide, available every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. on YouTube. Uh, I, I absolutely love it. I think, you know, we've been hitting our stride for, it feels like, the past two years, but just the stuff we've done here lately, I think, is up there with some of the best stuff we've ever done. Well, that's fantastic news. Uh, a promotion that is near and dear uh, to my heart and... Um... And, and uh, I mean, if it wasn't for the CWF Mid-Atlantic, we would probably not be sitting here uh, talking about the upcoming 2017 NFL season. Now, folks, while uh, Grant's predictions when I first met him were labeled as reasonable, I then started titling my predictions unreasonable because there's usually something that is absolutely ridiculous, um, uh, at least to some, maybe not to me. Um, but Grant, going in to uh, these predictions as we go by division and take a quick look at uh, how everything uh, may or may not uh, pan out, uh, what are some of the big stories for you heading into the year? Like- I think the biggest story as far as without, without saying, well, it's going to be the Patriots all over again, I think the biggest story is probably the Oakland Raiders and them retooling their offense even more to make a push past the Patriots. Uh, I think that's the the key story is that race between those two teams this season. 
it, it seems like the uh, the the preseason this year uh, survived uh, for yet another year at least is. It didn't seem to me like there were that many major injuries that came out outside of, I guess, just the AFC East just getting the one being the ones that getting hit with the injury bug with Julian Edelman uh, out for the season. He tore his ACL, I do believe. Uh, so, so that's one less weapon for Tom Brady. Uh, then you have Ryan Tannehill in Miami. And then, That's not necessarily a loss for Miami, though. I know. Oh well, I was getting to that because they then went out and and brought Jay Cutler out of a brief retirement, um, and and maybe saved us all from his commentary in the uh, sports booth to Probably. bring him bring him down to South Beach to try and helm the Dolphins to uh, second straight uh, playoff berth. Uh, so yeah, I was look. I was actually gonna. You know, I did my picks and then kind of looking through last year's stuff, and I was like, oh, my God, the Dolphins made the playoffs? Like, talk about things that are just completely forgettable. Sure, sure. And and if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. But uh, if the Dolphins would have had Ryan Tannehill in that wild card game, uh, I think it would have been a lot more interesting. Uh, but that's... <laughs> The Dolphins did have. Was Tannehill hurt then too? Yeah, Matt, Matt Moore uh, had to start that game. Who they showed absolutely they show they showed absolutely no confidence in. Uh, once Tannehill went down, they were like, "Okay, we got to go get somebody because yeah. uh, we have Matt Moore." And uh, yeah, let's jump all the way out west uh, and start out in the AFC West. Grant, do you agree with me? that this is the best division in the NFL from top to bottom? Yeah, I think I even made that comment last year. And I understand if you look at maybe back at last year's standings, it doesn't jump out as the best division, but unquestionably it is. Uh, Obviously, Oakland is what Oakland is. The Chargers are the most underrated team in the entire NFL. Kansas City is one, I mean, maybe I'm buying a little bit into preseason hype, but Kansas City sure feels like they're one backup quarterback away from uh, being a legitimate team again. And, and, and Denver, as far as a cellar dweller, is a pretty darn good cellar dweller. The, the Dark Horse team is undoubtedly the now and forever Los Angeles Chargers of Los Angeles. I think that they they have a potential to really mess some things up for your your uh, uh, teams in the division like Oakland and Kansas City, who people are already expecting to be playoff contenders. With that said, uh, this kind of brings me to uh, my main focus in the AFC West, and it does involve the Chargers, and it involves Phillip Rivers. I don't necessarily think that the Chargers should invest any more time into him, and they need to start looking for the future quarterback now. Do you agree with me? Yeah, uh, I, I'm. You know, as far as a franchise quarterback goes, I thought I think Rivers has been obviously more than sufficient over the past few years. But last year there were some plays, and I'm just watching those games. I'm like, elite quarterbacks don't make these kinds of throws. And Rivers was starting to make those kind of throws. I understand he didn't always have the receivers that he's had in years past last year, but there, there, Rivers appeared to be deteriorating at, at, at maybe not an alarming rate, but at, at a concerning rate watching him last year. I have personally have seen it 
a little more in the past few years leading up to last year. I think his best years are way behind him. But what I'm worried about with San Diego is, okay, so for the next, what, three years, they're going to be playing in essentially a soccer stadium. Now, I've seen the way it looks on Madden and and in the preseason, and it looks awesome, you know, but it's only 30,000 people, which is half as much that are in most uh, NFL stadiums. That All that, you know, aside, uh, I hope that the Chargers, with all that they have right now, I hope they're not sitting back and being like, okay, let's wait until the stadium gets here, and then a year or year or two out, let's then really start making some moves and get a real exciting team here in Los Angeles to go to the stadium and see. Like, they don't, they need to go now. They need to go, every team in the NFL needs to go, go, go now. I don't feel that it's a league that you can rebuild, but for a year or two before, you know, all the wheels fall off and you just have to build a completely new uh, franchise. Any owner going into this season with that mindset in regards to the Chargers should not be an NFL owner. Sure. Saying that, the Chargers owner has not always made the wisest of moves. Yeah, I mean, the the Chargers have all the pieces to win now and to win this division. You know, I I think, in many ways, I think Rivers may be the biggest question mark if he can be, you know, elite for one more year. But there's no reason that they should not win double-digit games. There are a couple divisions in the league this year where you have three out of the four teams or all four teams that could potentially yep. find a way to win ten games. Yep. Um, you know, it just it really just all depends on 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 health and and, and performance. Um, last thing I want to touch on in the AFC West, uh, we have to talk about the Denver Broncos and the mess that's going on there uh, at quarterback where. Um, last week, uh, the, the Broncos end up re-signing Brock Osweiler, who just, what, one year ago signed with the Texans uh, a $72 million uh, four-year deal uh, and then got traded to Cleveland and then cut. Yeah, exactly. And any team that's uh, using quarterbacks that the Browns cut tells you all you need to know about that quarterback. Exactly. Uh, I'm going to be interested to see how far the Denver defense can take them, and whether, boy, I guess it's Trevor Simeon here for the first month or so of the season. <laughs> for the, yeah, for, the, for week oh, one. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But the AFC West, uh, talent-wise, coaching-wise, I think it's the, it's the best division uh, in football. Hey, hey, Denver opens on Monday Night Football against the Chargers. Uh, Trevor Simeon may be uh, benching it by the second half. It's very true. It's very true, and that is out there, correct? Uh, I'm not actually even sure which stadium it's in. Uh, we, it's obviously out west. We can get to that here uh, later on, uh, if necessary. Sure. Um, moving uh, uh, further uh, inland uh, in the United States, uh, we get to the AFC North, where the AFC uh, West is the uh, uh, most uh, uh, talented division uh, in football, the AFC North is the easiest division in football if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2017. I, I would reserve that for the AFC East, but I understand where you're coming from. Sure, sure. I think that the AFC East is more of a far gone 
uh, conclusion just because the the <laughs> Patriots are on like another stratosphere right now, you know. Uh, uh, it, it's like it's like even if they did end up going sixteen and zero this year. Uh, there wouldn't nearly be as many people like, holy crap, they went undefeated. You know, for one, they've done it already. And secondly, uh, it's it's almost expected at this point, kind of like a number one ranked team in college football that is just far and away better than every other team in the nation. But here in the AFC North, I think that the Steelers themselves are far and away better than all three of the other teams, uh, uh, without a doubt. I think the Steelers are better, uh, without question. But I, I, for me, the Steelers always seem to stumble a little bit here and there throughout the season. And I think the North will be, I don't want to say a closer race, but just kind of by default, a closer race. Like, since he can stumble their way to 8-8, eight and eight, you know, Pittsburgh will drop one to Baltimore for no good reason. Sure. Uh, it, you know, I, I think Steelers win it going away, but there's still, you know, they'll, there's more bumps in the road for them than there are the Patriots or some other teams. And I, honestly, out of this division this year, um, I'm, I'm really interested to see what uh, Deshaun Kaiser does in Cleveland. Because if... If he is a born leader, got a good head on his shoulders, uh, and can get out there and and consistently play well, you know, I think that that Cleveland could slowly start to uh, build something there after after all this time. But you know, yeah, it, it, you never know if you're a quarterback in Cleveland what's going to happen. Yeah, it, it's hard to say that Cleveland's going to do anything than finish in last in that division. You know, he has the weapons, and we've seen it before, like when someone like Cam burst on the scene. You know, that there are, you will occasionally get that rookie just that lights that team on fire, and Kaiser could be that guy. Sure. I mean, I have the Cleveland Browns going 6-10-ish. and ten-ish. You know, get six wins in. Right, right. Just, there's too many question marks for me to even say six wins, but I got gotcha. you. Uh, moving uh, south, we go to the AFC South. Um, so we have... The most talented division in football we have um, outside of the Patriots, which you really pointed out to me uh, as being the easiest division in football. We have the most boring division in football, yeah. which is the, Mendo- the Mendoza line of <laughs> me- NFL division. I mean, we're talking about like the mediocre cafe. Um this is one of those divisions too this year where you got about three teams that could win the division and take your pick just depending. I mean, honest to goodness now, I I had the Colts when I was thinking about this a few weeks back a little higher up. Since then, man, I've dropped them a couple wins because Scott Tolzien is not going to win football games for the Indianapolis Colts. And until Andrew Luck comes back, I, you know, the Colts are in deep trouble offensively, I think. Uh, and their defense for the past few years has been very scary and not in a good way. Yeah, everyone talks about how bad the Saints' defense is. Uh, the Colts are lucky the Saints exist because this defense is a joke. Uh, even with Andrew Luck, even if he started every game, this still feels kind of like an 8-8 eight and eight football team, even though he's the best quarterback in the division. I, I mean, I'm I'm picking Tennessee to just win this division by a game, just because I think they've got more balance than anyone else. But it's 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 a really forgettable division. Yeah, um, and and how about uh, you know I 
I'm not going to go and and dig out our uh, uh, our audio, our bite from uh, huh. our predictions last year about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, because that's just sadness and, you know, that sucker bet will never be made by me again. But uh, that's just, you know, I mean, come on. Uh, yeah. What more is there to say about Jacksonville? It's sadness yep. and despair. Back um, to the island of mediocrity. Yes. Well, let's get off the island of mediocrity and, and go to the island of uh, the greatest team in the entire world, uh, you know, arguably. Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's the AFC East and, and, and the home of your defending world champions, the New England Patriots, who we've already spoken of a few times already in this show. I had the Patriots originally going 30 or 33 and three, <laughs> going 13 and three uh, before right. Edelman went down. After he went down, I knocked the game off and said 12 and four. Really? Yeah. Okay. Edelman yeah. did not change a thing for me because the Patriots got Brandon Cooks from the Saints that's for very, basically nothing. That's very true. You, you, you're right. You're absolutely right. You know, you have to play wow. into him, you know, getting acclimated with the offense, which I'm sure is not going to be that hard at all. Uh, you know, my, my two levels for teams, I never really like to go higher than 11 and 5 on anybody, and I don't like to go lower than 3 and 13 on anybody. And I did it both times in this division. It's New, uh, New England at 14 and 2, and I guess somehow the Jets will just accidentally win two games, but. Yeah, I, um, I have the Jets at 1 and 15. Um, I've, seen, yeah. I've seen some people predict the Jets at 0 and 16 this year, just not even giving them the benefit of a win on, at week <laughs> 17, you know? I, I'm still a believer in Matt Forte, so I want to say that they'll stumble upon a win, but I, they're. God, it's the worst receiving core I've ever seen. You know what's another team that that if 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 the pieces fall into place and and they get some some decent play out of a few new new members of the team, but I think the Buffalo Bills are going to be in trouble again this year. And I watched them last year, and I was like, you know, they need they need something, you know, that that's going to kind of take them to that next level, that second place tier so to speak, in the AFC East. And watching them this preseason and just seeing what they did in the offseason, I yeah, I don't see them any better as like 6-10, and 10, maybe 7-9 and nine again. 6-10 is what I had them at. Uh, and then, of course, the Dolphins. Uh, just, just to play it uh, safe, I just have them dead even at 8-8. Eight and eight. Yeah, I got them at 7-9. and nine. Jay Cutler will have that one regular season game where he throws for 300 yards and makes, you know, Landry Parker stills, all those guys look like stars again. And then he'll, you know, be Jay Cutler. Right. And it might, and, and what would be like fitting is if it came like the first time they played the Patriots, like, and everyone, like, all eyes were on the game and people walk yeah. away from it, like, oh, whoa, look at the Dolphins. And then Cutler's Cutler. Yeah. You know, a typical. You know how the story ends. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, the Patriots are so deep, it isn't funny. I don't think we have to really uh, speak any more uh, on that. Um, I, I do want to make one point about the whole division thing, though. I have New England at 14-2 and, and Oakland at 11-5, and but if they switch spots and Oakland was like in the East against you know this Miami-Buffalo Jets team, I mean, I would lean more towards Oakland being the 14-2 and team and New England being the 11-5 and team. So 
some of the, the, the records are based upon what divisions they're playing in. Right, and it's also, you got to think about their out-of-conference games. I have the I have the the Raiders going ten and six because the fact that they're gonna they're not gonna get go leave the AFC West any better than four and two in their divisional games this year. Um, they're gonna get caught by like a couple of those teams, and then they got to play the NFC East. Yeah, you know, so so that and and you know we'll get to them, but I definitely could see them winning eleven games too, just the same, you know, or 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 more. The Patriots fourteen wins this year, maybe. Also, God, wouldn't it be a story if like they just come out of the gate rusty, like just slow, you know, and you get them like on a, like a three and two start or something, and then they never lose again. But, but, yeah, like, but even with that, they, they're still winning the division. It's true. Oh, sure, sure, There's sure. no scenario that they don't win that, I mean. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They're, I mean, barring injuries, you know. Uh, but you know, real quick, we, before, we, before we leave the AFC, did you read the report out of Las Vegas that uh, uh, from, um, oh, what was his name? Uh, R.J. Bell. He's on, like, the Dan Patrick show sometimes talking about odds for games. He says that in Las Vegas, they took uh, they they uh, they gave a scenario to where Tom Brady was out for the season and then they placed the odds on the Super Bowl. And guess who's favored to win the Super Bowl? The Patriots. The Patriots. Okay. So Vegas that- says without Tom Brady, the Patriots can still win the Super Bowl. That is ridiculous. Okay. Now, now, I, I, that one year that they did that Brady went down, they did finish eleven and five when Brady went down in Week One. So I do, I actually do think they would win their division if Brady went down still. Well, that's, but they're they're not winning the Super Bowl. That's what they're taking into consideration. I'm sure is what was it, Matt Castle, right? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, he got that contract. That's how he got the contract, yeah. right? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Matt Castle. I watched him play in the preseason for somebody, and it was one of those like, oh, wow, Matt Castle's still in the league. <laughs> you watched him play this year? Yeah, he played he preseason. Played for Tennessee. Yeah, maybe that was the game that I watched. He was playing, yeah. yeah, the Bears game that was on on Sunday. It was like Sunday before last. All right, so let's let's now head over to the um, the NFC. Uh, the, the conference is near and dear to our hearts. I've kind of broke this down into kind of obvious terms as far as um, what needs to happen for NFC teams to make the playoffs this year. Um, While they're simple, uh, there are three really basic things that, you know, I guess it may be redundant to say, but I have to just put it in the air. The first thing, they need to have healthy and foreboding defenses. Secondly, they need an easier road paved by their schedules, meaning not just who they play, but when they play them, how they're traveling, etc., etc. And third, they got to have tough as nails quarterbacks. And this division is packed full of quarterbacks with tremendous upside, some that are proven, some that are absolute winners, and some that are Super Bowl champions. But out of all these contending quarterbacks, only three of them have the rings. And, and that would be um, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and Russell Wilson. So from that, poor Drew Brees, 
I wish I could say that his leadership alone can get the Saints into the playoffs, <laughs> but that's proven um, right. not true after he threw almost 700 times last year. That's, that's when you know you're in trouble. You got a quarterback that's throwing 670 sometimes. That's nuts. Like, and he's 38 too. And it's not Tom Brady who can basically throw the ball and then sit down in a lazy boy and eat some popcorn and no one will touch him. Um, right. You know, Breeze is, is taking a licking. Uh, that's for sure. So, as far as the teams that I have getting through to the playoffs, all of these teams have quarterbacks that. If they are who they, you know, who everyone says they are, a lot of these guys are 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 going to, um, it's going to be an exciting year in the NFC. I guess that's what I want to say uh, at the end of the day. Um, and we can start out in the NFC West. The, the Seattle Seahawks remind me a lot of the Philadelphia Eagles of like the early 2000s that, you know, it went to all the NFC championship games, you know. But every time that they got into the playoffs, it was because that, NFC East that year was there was just no one as good as they were, but it wasn't because the Eagles were so good. It was because those other teams sucked just enough uh, yeah. uh, to, 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 to get the Eagles through. So, um, you know, shots fired. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks may end up with 11 wins this season, but they will not be as good as an 11-5 record shows for people on paper. Dude, that's exactly what I have them at, and for the exact same reason. They're in an off-full division, and they play the AFC South. Exactly, and I might be giving the Arizona Cardinals a little more credit than they deserve because I, I still think that, that you know, if David Johnson has another good season, Carson that helps Carson Palmer, uh, you know, and it'll give him a little more uh, room to operate. And if, they, and if that works... In that division, I can see them winning nine games. Um, but, you know, I, I still think that Seattle Seattle's the best team in a bad division. And, uh, and also, too, you know, with Russell Wilson, he's got to stay healthy. You know, he played banged up last year uh, throughout the whole season. Um, and you could kind of tell, you know, it was definitely ailing him, and it wasn't the usual uh, Russell Wilson we're all used to seeing. Um, but you know, if a healthy Russell Wilson means that the the Seahawks are are favored every single week uh, to win their their football game. Moving on to the NFC Central, or uh, that's what we like to call it here, uh, the, yeah, yeah. the NFC North, uh, as it were. Um, uh, I feel that this year to win the NFC North, you must score more points each week than an IDP league uh, featuring. Sp- punters in fantasy football uh there's going to be a lot of 38 33 finals i mean maybe only when green bay and detroit plays i don't think uh minnesota or chicago's putting up that many points well but why because uh, the packers and the lions defenses are both so suspect well, well yeah no i i agree you with know that. i mean all the team's defenses in this division like they can only hold off for like three quarters at the most Anything beyond three quarters, it's a toss-up. You don't know yeah. what you're going to get in the fourth quarter, I guess is what I'm saying. Either that or they totally crapped the bed in the first quarter and they, they, got, you know, they, they got everything together, but will it be in time you know, to stop them one last uh, drive? So, so as far as suspect Ds go, I think top to bottom in the north, 
Um, you know, all the teams have them. However, uh, all the teams don't nearly have as great of a quarterback as Aaron Rodgers. And when Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest of all time already, you know, who knows, like, you know, how long he's going to play. For some weird reason, I see him as the type of dude to pull some, like, selfish nonsense and just retire all of a sudden. Oh, God. <laughs> just walk away from the game. Leave me alone, man. Devastate you know, me. You know? Uh, oh, my yeah. God. Devastate. I mean, you and you're speaking right now for all of the Green Bay Packers fandom. <laughs> you know? You sat on an immortal quarterback for years with Brett Favre. Not many teams get their immortal quarterback replaced with a even right. more immortal quarterback, uh, in my opinion. Um, if we're starting a team and you say, all right, we got Brett Favre 96, we got Aaron Rodgers 2010. Who do you got? I'm like Aaron Rodgers 2010 yeah. all Without day long. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah so, uh, and that's another reason alone why they're going to win 12 games this year. Uh, yeah, I mean, the regular the regular season is such an afterthought for Green Bay. It's just a matter of like, how are we going to? get beat on the last play of a playoff game. Right. You know, that's what it comes down to. It's kind of like being like a, a, a Pittsburgh Penguins fan in the NHL. You're going to be in the playoffs. You're going to get there. Um, yeah. It's just a matter of making sure that, that all the parts are still on the machine by the time you get there, or most of them at least. And, and of course, you know, Green Bay is super happy because Aaron Rodgers is no longer dating a Hollywood actress. So we lost that Giants playoff game way before he started dating her. Right, exactly. And the 49ers playoff game. Exactly, exactly. Hey, excuses, you know, just. And they were together this year, and we beat, you know, the Giants and the Cowboys in the playoffs. So whatever, you know. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not one of the fans that get caught up in all that. Also, another big story this offseason that I failed to mention at the top of the podcast is uh, Matthew Stafford has become the highest paid player in the NFL. Three playoff games, zero wins. Did they invest their money well? Well, I mean, he's the highest paid player for now for until now. someone leapfrogs him on the next contract. Sure, but uh, still. Some, someone always has to set the bar. It's like, yeah, but uh-huh. if it was like Le'Veon Bell, hell no. I'll go even one better than that. Let's say Eli Manning dial his age back like three years, was sure. still with the Super Bowl rings. If he got that contract in New York, I wouldn't have a problem with that because he's got two Super Bowl rings. It's just seeing a name like Matthew Stafford, you know, making all, you know, getting that big, huge contract. And for one year, his name is at the top of the highest paid players list. And then they end up like, I don't know, six and ten. But at the same time, I could see something like. The Bengals giving Andy Dalton that kind of contract at some point in time. As ridiculous as that seems. I don't understand how that works out to where a team can be like, yeah, we're going to make you the I mean, highest I, I paid think player. I he is the franchise quarterback for them. I don't think there's another option on the market. I guess so. I don't know, man. I mean, I, I don't know. If I was ranking the top ten quarterbacks in the league, he, he would make the, the – bottom rung of the list well that's a whole other conversation right there <laughs> it really is that really is finally uh in the the nfc north um i gotta say that the one player that i'm looking forward to uh succeeding i guess uh, more so than any other outside of my own uh favorite team is mitchell trubisky uh because um i don't know if you watched any of him 
in the preseason, but if they hang on to the football when he throws it, he's going to be something else because he's got all the tools down and he looks like a quarterback and he plays like one too. I was watching his game against Arizona earlier today. And I mean, some of the throws he made, you know, it was like you were kind of, it was almost like watching Jay Cutler out of the corner of your eye. You know what I'm saying? Just watching a pro quarterback play football, I guess. Like, you know, it hadn't like nothing had really changed. Um, so I'm just really interested to seeing uh, what he does. I mean, he's going to get a chance because Mike Glennon ain't going to be playing for long. Yeah, that yeah, my, that my those are my thoughts exactly. It's just a matter of time for when we're first going to see Trubisky. Okay, I mean, I'm just I'm just you know pulling up schedule. The Bears' first four games are Atlanta, Tampa, the Steelers, and Green Bay. Like, there's no way Trubisky's not starting by one of those. Yeah, yeah, Trubisky might be in there by Green Bay. So that and they lost Cameron Meredith, who if they had any real threats on the field, uh, now after Alshon took off, like it would be him, I guess. But Bears gonna have a rough year this year. Let's let's be real. Uh, four wins is maybe being nice. Moving south to the south, Grant. Let me hear if you've heard this one before. You're up. Tw- you're up twenty-eight to three with two oh eight <laughs> left in the third quarter. Of the Super Bowl. Uh, Oh, my gosh. I mean, I'm not a Patriots fan, but it's like any sports fan for the rest of time can, no matter what kind of loss you suffer, you can be like, yeah, but we didn't do that. Bouncing off of that, um, what are the Falcons going to do for some atonement in 2017, Grant? Or can they? Dude, I mean, I don't even know how you, like, come back after that. Uh, I know how you come back. You go back to the Super Bowl. There's no, there's nothing else they can do but go back to the Super Bowl. Or last year will be one of the like worst things to ever happen to a team in NFL history. You know, traditionally, it's different if you lose in the championship game as opposed to losing in the Super Bowl. Like, if you lose in the championship game, most teams do come back and like make it to the Super Bowl the next year. But, like, once you lose in the Super Bowl, a lot of times you're not seen from again. And I, I, don't, I just don't think that team will be, be back. Yeah, I, I don't either. I have them going no better than 8-8 eight and eight this year. I had them at 9-7, and seven, but, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, they, I, they, that, they shirt up their front seven with Dontari Poe. They got him from Kansas City, but I, Poe's best years are probably behind him. And Matt Ryan I still do not think is a leader. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with you. I think he's one of those proven quarterbacks, but nor I don't really think, and maybe a winner, but yeah, a leader. Uh, you know that still I guess is is yet to be seen. And then of it's, course, it's one of it's one of those intangibles. Like if you just watch the way they play and the way they interact with like teammates, like Matthew Stafford is a better quarterback than Matt Ryan. He's more of a leader. But see, okay, if I if I have to choose between two quarterbacks. I'm picking Matt Ryan based on the fact that, for one, he's won playoff games. See, I don't he know. He's got a lot more talent to win those playoff games, too, than uh, That's true. That's very true. Um, I think that the Saints and the Chargers are in the similar boats, uh, uh, as I said before, as far as quarterbacks go. You know, I think that, that the Saints need to seriously, like, if I'm going online and I'm looking up, like, their, the, the, their high uh, headlines uh, moving into the season – and one of those headlines is, will the Saints re-sign Drew Brees? No! Don't worry about that. Don't worry about re-signing Drew Brees right now. He's 
38. We're past that in his career. And to be honest with you, I'd get rid of him. Just part ways now. Right, right. You I know, mean, you're you're starting from ground zero once you do that. Of but course, it, I mean, the, the day is coming. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. It goes back to what we were saying at the very beginning. One of those things that are on an owner's mind going into the year should not be all right. Well, let's think about rebuilding, and it should not be like, well, we got to re-sign our 38 year old quarterback. You know, um, especially bring in, the last year. Bringing in bringing in Adrian Peterson, hoping he's found the fountain of youth. Which, let's face it, if you're 30 plus years old, you may have one good year left in you, not one great year but at least like six games to where you're, you're, you're producing. But in no way are teams now going to be stacking the box because he's in the backfield. Those days are long gone. And the Saints just have a bunch of average receivers that Breeze makes look good. It's like this team is not that good. But, but the team I have winning the division are the Carolina Panthers. And huh. the only reason that I'm saying that is because, for one, Cam Newton in no way is going to have a season like he had last year. I really don't. You're, you're closer to that than I am. I have no idea what got into him last year. I don't know what the deal was. Um, it was like a, you're, you're playing Madden and you get in a rut and you just keep getting beat and you don't turn the game off. And you just keep getting mad, and then you just keep playing, and you keep losing, and you keep messing up, and then you just keep getting mad, and then you're talking to people, and they're asking you questions, and you don't know how to answer them because you don't know what's going on. I don't think that that's going to happen this year for for a few reasons. For one, they're all healthy. Secondly, you got Christian McCaffrey, who you drafted, and for me, going into the draft, he's the guy that I would have wanted in any draft position, but that's just me. Uh, I think that he's a game-changing type of back. I think he could have gone to the draft last year and still gone first round. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that, that he's a game-changer. They got uh, Julius Peppers back, which, you know, he's, he's now uh, in, in, in the lean years of his career. Yeah. But, but, so, but, you know, because, I mean, you know, he was in Green Bay um, for, what, the past two seasons, I think? Uh, three, three. Uh, so he goes back home, uh, and that's going to bring back one of those uh, Panther leaders and and you know Panther uh, Ring of Honor type guys, uh, and and one of those stories for a team that that you know with his leadership and others you know playing up to their potential like a Kelvin Benjamin, um, I think that they you know uh, they have a they have a good shot of of not only. You know, going eleven and five, ten and six, but you know they could end up back in the Super Bowl too. And, and you know, I, I, I'm always uh, down on Carolina as long as Cam's the quarterback. So I, I, I have them in dead last in the division, although wow. not a, not a horrific dead last. I have them at seven and nine, finishing last. Uh, I, I just as lo- I just do not believe in Cam Newton. And there's, I mean, outside of Kelvin Benjamin, there's a huge drop off in receivers. Got I'm one not, of the best tight ends in the league. They do, they do. As far as a possession uh, tight end goes, you know, I mean, Greg Olson's one of the best. Uh, but I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I just think, um, I don't know, man. I just don't think that the Bucks are going to win the division. Like, I don't think Jameis Winston's there. And, hey, look, I don't watch Hard Knocks, so I'm not drinking that Kool-Aid. Either. 
You know, I, 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 I just think that Jameis Winston is still maybe another year of development away from not getting him to the playoffs, but having Tampa Bay become a perennial playoff team. Well, I think Jameis Winston handles the pressure of being a quarterback better than Cam. In fact, I don't know if anyone handles it worse than, than Cam. And, you know, it, it only takes one or two plays to completely throw him off for the rest of the game, and then, you know, we're it's downward, downward spiral. Yeah, but I, I think that the, I don't know. I don't know really what was up. It just, it was just such a contrast from the year before. It was like two different guys out there, you know. And maybe, I, I, hey, to me, last year, last year was the real Cam Newton. We that remains to be seen. That's funny though. So th- I think this might be the first division we've gotten to where you have either like either of us has a team uh, in first place while the other has them sure. uh, dead last. I mean, the, the, the division is fairly wide open. It's not. It's like oh, no it is the most wide open division in yeah. football. I think. I, no I, one's running away with it. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. And similarly wide open, uh, fi- as we come to our final um, <laughs> uh, division of discussion, it's the NFC East. Grant, I just want to throw a little uh, nugget here. Um, no one has won the NFC East in consecutive years since the Eagles did it from 2001 to 2004. I don't have anyone winning it back-to-back this year. Neither do I. Um, And to be honest with you, Grant, I think heading into Week 17 this year, potentially you could have three teams at like 9-6 and or 8-7. and That's literally, I have three teams like separated by one game in this division. Yeah, uh, I have the Eagles winning the division. Same here. I have them winning on the last day to win the division. Um, yep, Dallas. yep, and that'll be for a wild card spot. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I have I have the I have the Cowboys and the Giants both at nine and seven, and I have the Eagles, Cowboys, and Giants all making the playoffs. Actually, I have Philly and Dallas both at ten and six and making the playoffs, and the Giants at nine and seven and just missing them. Yeah, I, I don't know. There's a potential for not maybe not with the NFC East. Uh, another division that could be like that maybe would be something crazy like the AFC West could produce three teams this year in the playoffs. But I just Possibly. I, I yeah. feel like that could happen. Yeah. Uh, in the East and 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 it seems too with the with the NFC East this year there's a lot of or at least with the 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 two teams the Eagles and the Cowboys that a lot of people are picking. Of course, don't sleep on the Giants though because that receiving core. Now that Odell Beckham and Sterling Shepard have a veteran presence like Brandon Marshall to jerk them by the shoulder pad and be like, get over here. You know, what are you doing? Because he was a little jerk back in the day, too. Uh, and could probably see a little bit of himself in those guys. Um, I, I have a feeling that, that this this season could maybe go down in history as like Eli Manning's like last really good productive season in the NFL. Um, but that being said, the Giants still have to play the Redskins, Cowboys, and the Eagles. So, uh, you know, and anything can happen in those games. But uh, between the Eagles and the Cowboys, you know, you got a lot of second year stuff going on. You got Dak and Ezekiel Elliott going into the second year of their season. You got Carson Wentz going into his second year. Um, you got Alshon Jeffrey now in Philadelphia uh, and Torrey Smith that both, you know, could be potential threats. And they could the Eagles could finally have at least one burner on the corners to spread the field out a little bit. Um, and both of the team's defenses are, are, are pretty good. I think that 
the Cowboys have a better secondary than the Eagles do because the, the Eagles cornerback situation is is it's it's hot and cold. You don't know what you're gonna get. They got Ronald Darby from the Bills, but he's a C plus corner at best. So it's all up to the front seven of both Dallas and Philadelphia too. I think Philly's running game got an upgrade too because I never bought into Ryan Matthews and, and bringing Legarrette Blunt. I know he's got some age on him, but I still think that's an upgrade over Matthews. Well, yeah, but my problem with Legarrette Blunt is when you're going into like the third week of preseason, and you know there are reports that with how Legarrette was per- performing on field and in practice, they were thinking that they, they might they, they almost released him. Yeah, I think that you have a leader there, as far, or not a leader, but someone with experience enough to know, like, you know, I got a ring, you know, like I'm, or two. I, you know, I know what it takes to get there or whatnot. Uh, he's another guy who, who has moved teams, but his best years are behind him. I think if the Eagles... Uh, the running game is key. They don't have one. Uh, and in this preseason watching the Eagles, you know, they're trying to run LeGarrette Blunt east to west. And that's you just don't do that. Every time no. they ran him straight up the middle, it was like six-yard carry on average. You know, they go to the corners and he's getting like minus two yards. Um, yeah, I mean, that's common sense with him. Right. I mean, they got a couple young backs that, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Uh, and then, of course, you know, Darren Sproles, but he's not, he's your, you know, you're not going to be giving him many carries. It's the running game. I don't want Carson Wentz to have to throw 600 times again this year. Of course, it didn't help that a lot of the receivers were dropping balls, and he's got almost an entirely new set of guys to throw the ball to. I, I, I would feel pretty good if, uh, if he does throw that much, if I'm an Eagles fan. Yeah, well, I, the problem was after, you know, the season was over, uh, like he he had his arm in a sling for like the next month. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Is in not good. Is in yeah. It's you know people were complaining in the off season. Less, like well, as I was listening to Philadelphia like sports radio, people were complaining that you know Carson only threw like twenty seven, twenty times, twenty nine times this preseason. Blah blah blah. And then experts jump on there and they're like, yeah. So did every other starting quarterback in the league, just about. And. But, and then I was like, yeah, and he threw 600 last year. So that was enough. <laughs> we see what he can do. He can throw the ball on the football field. That's yeah, enough I mean, I for know. me. Yeah. You know, Aaron I mean. Aaron may have thrown 20 passes in the entire, yeah, like, preseason. Who cares? Exactly. Even though the single best play in all of the Eagles preseason came against you guys when uh, Wentz hit Mac Collins over the middle and he just oh yeah <laughs> he just steamrolled two guys on his way in uh, that yeah, was every time I watch Wentz he looks incredible yeah so so we'll see you know uh, a lot of people are high on Wentz um, and it's just exciting to to have a a, a quote unquote quarterback in Philadelphia again you know having McNabb it was very. It, it it eased everything because I was I mean you know he, for his time he was one of the best quarterbacks in the league, um, but uh, yeah so I'm not saying that Wentz is in any way shape or form one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but he's he's one of those you know upside quarterbacks on those what I like to call whatever teams that it just you know we're gonna see. We're going to see rookies blossom. We're going to see second-year players blossom this year. And it's whether they, you know, bloom or whether they wither out and die, uh, it remains to be seen. You know, Brady, Brady has the age on him and whatnot. But 
Like, I, I, I've seen very few quarterbacks in my lifetime outside of, like, Aaron and Peyton run an offense the way Wentz runs it, and it blows me away to see that kid do it. Yeah, they say that, um, you know, he has the – he's he's as comfortable at practice and with everyone as, like, a 10-year quarterback would be. You know, right. he's he's just got that about him. Uh, now it's just pretty much just the application of skill uh, and doing it on a consistent basis. I mean, hell, man, last year – uh, when I think about last year, I think back to that touchdown pass he threw to Darren Sproles against Pittsburgh in their third game on my birthday. Watch that play. I mean, it was that was their best play all season in my mind. I mean, that was beautiful. Um, and and that was like, I, hopefully that was just a little like, you know, taste there. That was going up against a defense that doesn't necessarily have a book on Wentz, you know. Now everybody's got a book on Wentz. Um, but, man, he's, he, he's evasive, though. And how close did you come to having Jared Goff instead? I know. <laughs> I know. And the funny thing about all that is, guess who's Wentz's, guess who the backup quarterback in Philadelphia is? Nick Foles. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. He came back. That's right. Uh, it's been a very odd and mysterious offseason for Nick Foles. He didn't play in any of the games. And there was always a, a different excuse every single week, um, which, you know, led people to start, like, developing theories on – you know, what he could possibly be doing. Uh, but really quick in review, division winners. I have Oakland Raiders winning the AFC West with the Kansas City Chiefs as the wild card. And you have what, the Raiders and the Chargers? Yep. All right, who do you have winning the North, the Steelers? Yep. I do the same. Uh, AFC South? I'm going with Tennessee, but uh, the Colts will make it in in as an eight and eight wild card, just because the AFC general is so god awful. I'm gonna say the Titans win the South, and the Texans go back to the playoffs um, as the wild card team. AFC, I, you, you the, can't get behind the, the Texans. Tom Savage, yeah, like no man. Tom Savage, yeah. You know what though? Houston's playing for a city. Well, you know, after Katrina, the Saints didn't have the best best season either. Yeah, well, they did. The season after they did that. the next year, right? Yeah. Come on, Texans, Colts, it's interchangeable. Either of those teams <laughs> can make the playoffs. The AFC East, Patriots, far and away. I don't have. Yeah. I just have them solely going. Do you have the Dolphins getting in? Oh God, no, no. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, NFC West, Seattle Seahawks. Yep. Uh, NFC North, Packers. Yep. NFC South, Carolina Panthers. And you... Tampa for me, and then Atlanta as a wild card. Okay. I have both of them going 8-8. Eight and eight. In the NFC East, I have the Eagles winning the division and then the Cowboys and Giants also getting in. <laughs> and you... Same, same order for me. I, just, I have the Giants, Lions, and Atlanta all finishing 9-7, and seven, and I just gave the wild card to Atlanta. And really quick, I just wanted to throw in there, I have the Washington Redskins going 2-14. and 14. Suck two it. 2-14, wow. Yeah, because it's the Redskins, man. Come on, i got to oh, trash the Redskins. I'm not going to give them any sort of credit. Now, about the Redskins, you know, we played them in preseason, and they crushed us last year on Sunday night. It was embarrassing. The Redskins could not do anything against our defense i've never seen an offense so out of sync and it was to the point that we you know we pulled our starters and they still couldn't do anything i, I and they, they were with their starters i have a si- I, I have a simple answer and an explanation for for what it is it's because the redskins suck so <laughs> i mean you know 
It's like my my thoughts with the Redskins are like yours with the Vikings. You know, it's like don't don't even they they're the worst. They're just right, the right. worst. Well, well I, I do think, well, I mean, that gets the segues into week one. I do think y'all will absolutely destroy them because any chemistry the Redskins will have will not be figured out until further on down the line. Yeah, I agree. Uh, this is It's going to be a long season, I think, for Washington. And uh, the Redskins have beaten the Eagles five straight times, which is, I just can't. I just can't, as the kids say nowadays. I just can't. So, yeah, I, I have I have a feeling the Eagles are going to go down there and wear them out. I really do. I don't think they're going to see another win for a couple of weeks after this, just because their schedule just ugh. the first like five games are really crappy uh, for them. Um, uh, some other notable. Uh, well, let's talk about the Chiefs and Patriots. I wouldn't be surprised if Kansas City went in there and beat them week one. What was it? In the past 15 years, the only Super Bowl champion to actually lose in week one was uh, the Giants against the Cowboys. Wow. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm picking the Patriots. I mean, I don't think they're going to blow them out or anything because that Kansas City defense is, is I pretty I picked them, too. But, yeah, I picked them, too. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean it's, this is a, yeah, I don't know, maybe a, I don't know, 28 to 17 game or something like that. Then again, man, this could just be just a straight just thrashing, too. I don't think the Chiefs' defense will allow a thrashing. Maybe not a thrashing, but I could see like a 23-7 uh, sure. Patriots win. Sure, sure. But I could also see like a 17-14 Chiefs win on like a last-second field goal, you know? Oh, I was going to say, I could see the Chiefs putting up nothing but field goals, too. Yeah, well, yeah, that could, that could happen. I think another hot game is going to be the Raiders at Tennessee. That might be uh, one of the more entertaining one yeah. o'clock games on Sunday. Of course, obviously, in the middle of the season, that's like a trap game for the Raiders, really. Sh- sure, sure. And and honestly, two years ago, that was a I'm not watching that game game. Like, uh, let's see here. Uh, some other notables: Week One, four o'clock main event is uh, Seattle at Green Bay. I don't think anybody's going to be watching the Colts at the Rams. And then Panthers 49ers at the same time. So here in Carolina, that's what everyone's watching. Oh, geez. Wow. That's right. right. See, you got screwed over week one, too, just like I did here in the Tampa area. I got to watch the Bucks and the Dolphins, and it's not on CBS, it's on Fox. I'm definitely watching direct TV. Um, so, so, of course, we round out Sunday night with uh, the Giants at the Cowboys. I hope they both lose. Uh, uh, they love that Sunday night game. Yeah, Monday night. Um, uh, I love these Monday night games. I know. I love the double. I, you know what? I don't see why they don't just do this every Monday night. Give us a 7 and give us a 10. And maybe, and maybe do Thursday night games every other week. Chargers, Broncos. Okay, you get it. You get a divisional matchup there, and that probably is going to be a game that you're going to want to be watching with like four minutes left. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's the return of Hank Williams Jr. Is it really? Yeah. Fantastic. Wow. See, I don't have cable anymore, so I don't watch ESPN as much, but that is great news. Oh, wow. Hank Williams back singing uh, the, the intro to Monday Night Football. The way it should be. Absolutely. But, you know, this is really the first time I've looked at the slate of games uh, coming up this weekend, and i got to say, there's, there's definitely going to be something in, in every spot as far as your yeah. ones, your fours, and all the way to uh, the last game on Monday night. 
Um, I mean, you know, there's a story with Adrian Peterson returning to Minnesota. Uh, yeah, so it should be fun. And Grant, I mean, I guess now we'll just, you know, I, I hate to put you on the spot here as we come to uh, the end of this uh, episode uh, predicting, uh, or, or I guess sharing our opinions and, and, and uh, predictions on the 2017 season, but who do you have in the Super Bowl? You're really good at this. I'm a little bit of a homer when it comes to it, but only if it makes sense to be a homer. Like, if it's a toss-up where I could go one way or the other, I'll be a homer in that. But I'm not going to go, like, completely, like, take a 5-11 and 11 team and put them in the Super Bowl. Sure. Uh, first of all, the, the AFC Championship, I, I, I think this is the same thing I said last year. I, I may have had it reversed, but I, I think the Raiders will beat the Patriots in Foxborough to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, I would – that – yeah, we did talk about one heck of a story, especially yeah. too if it was Tom Brady's last NFC or AFC championship he ever played in. He got to his first, or he got to uh, I guess what is his second Super Bowl against the Raiders? Um, in, in the in what was it the second one that he won? Uh, wait, no, that was his first Super Bowl, wasn't it? I may be messing my own. Yeah, like I'm, I'm a Patriots fan would hate us right now. Oh, anyway, I'm just trying to I'm trying to fit some symmetry, some sort of symmetry yeah, yeah, in here. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, that would be. I you know what I gotta I I'm gonna go with the same, but I I gotta I'm putting the Patriots back in the Super Bowl. Understandably so. I have to do it. Uh, uh, I'm just saying they're gonna get home field advantage because they play in that god awful division. Right. But when it comes to you know the actual game that the, the Raiders will will. will survive now i mean for you and if we're speaking of symmetry you notice that the logo this year is lii so are you saying that there could be a potential that you could maybe erase the l and it'd be a rematch of super bowl two yeah that's exactly what i'm going with actually yeah i i I smelt it coming when you led with now i'm not necessarily a homer I'm going with facts, and you know what? For me, I'm going safe all the way this year. I have the Patriots versus the Packers in Minnesota, uh, just because that's also a great story for the Packers playing in the Super Bowl in Minnesota. Yeah, we, we, we were able to win that one in Dallas. That I was pretty happy about, but this would be even sweeter. Uh, yeah, I actually have uh, y'all and us in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, I, I, I haven't, I didn't break it down as far as game to game. Uh, I was just looking just forward to just the Super Bowl, um, but that that's a likely scenario. What I what I would really love to happen is if somehow, some way, like we get in one of the divisions, like a five and this five seed and the six seed end up. In like the champ, in the respective championship games, that right. would be just ridiculous. Um, but that's always something that you know, I always kind of hope for if you know the Eagles aren't in it or whatever. We are the kings of wishful thinking, and um, and hopefully Grant and I will have some joy to speak of maybe here weeks down the road when we uh, reconvene and figure out how we got these predictions so wrong. Uh, but anyway grant do you have anything you want to share with the audience before we step off here oh you can follow me on twitter at statmark s-t-a-t-m-a-r-k and cwf mid-atlantic wrestling at cwf mid-atlantic and you can follow me matt d simone at underscore matt d simone on twitter maddie loves comics on instagram and please give the podcast a follow on twitter at Maddie's podcast. 
Grant, again, thank you so much. I love talking football with you. And, thank uh, you, buddy. I, I, there's no one else on this planet that uh, I, I would want to kick off a season with on a nice, uh, robust discussion uh, other than you. So thank you so much for taking the time out to uh, join me here. Feeling is mutual, man. Thank you. Well, I appreciate it. Well, fans, thank you so much for listening in on another episode of Maddie Loves Podcast. Enjoy the NFL season. It's finally here, and we will see you next time.